This is Howard Anderson, Managing Editor at Information Security Media Group. Today we're talking with Dr. Richard Gibson, President of the Oregon Health Network, who has experience as a hospital system CIO. Thanks for joining us today, Dr. Gibson. Uh, you're welcome, Howard. Glad to be part of this. I understand you're involved in the efforts to create health information exchanges in Oregon. Can you describe uh, your role in those, and uh, what's the status of those HIE development efforts so far? Oregon is participating in the pilot project authorized by the Office of the National Coordinator. And so the uh, initial funds were dispersed in January 2010, this year, and we and many other states are putting together plans for health information exchange in the state of Oregon. The bigger states may have more than one exchange. In Oregon, there's just one group uh, that is using the funds from Office of the National Coordinator to build a plan. My understanding is, and I'm on one of the uh, work groups putting the plan together at various phases, is that round one of the plan was due to the Office of the National Coordinator this past August and that our plan has been approved, and now we're into phase one of building health information exchange, which goes through December 2012, and then phase two is to 2013 and 2014 to put the whole plan together. So you get money for planning, and then you get money for putting it together, and it's rolled out uh, in phases. So Oregon has been working for a couple of years getting ready for health information exchange. Part of that is making sure that clinicians have electronic health records. But uh, the main point that we're talking about today is health information exchange, and Oregon is putting that plan together. They have uh, several working groups. They have a consumer empowerment group, and then they have a, a health information organization executive group. So there are five groups contributing to the, the building of the plan for health information exchange in Oregon. You recently testified before a House subcommittee calling for the federal government to draft model rules and laws on healthcare privacy and patient consent that each state could then take through its own legislative process. So why do we need to move towards standardizing state laws on patient privacy and consent? Does that help pave the way for HIEs like the one you're describing? I think it will. I realize that trying to standardize state laws is controversial and states want to retain the right to determine what's safe and effective in their state, I understand that. The reason that I called for model legislation would be that it would help vendors know how to prepare their products for adoption all across the country without having to worry that they'll have to make 50 different versions of an electronic health record and its exchange in order to get it adopted in 50 states. So the idea is sort of like the uh, uniform building code, is that each state can modify it, is my understanding. I'm not a lawyer or a a construction leader, but my understanding is that you take a national model, states can adapt it where they need to, but large chunks of the national model are adopted in each state so that when you come out with building hardware or uh, stress limits or that sort of thing, that architects can work across the country for doing buildings and that people doing electronic health record exchange can do that across state lines without worrying that their product will or will not comply with the specifics in each state. And so the idea is, ideally, from simply the technology or health information exchange point of view, it might be useful to have just one national law. But I don't think that that's likely to go through and that the idea of a model legislation is that we'd get experts together to proffer a would-be model and offer that to the states that could accept it 
in whole, or could uh, adjust it as necessary to meet their own needs. But the bulk of it would be the same so that the vendors, the electronic health record vendors, and providers of health information exchanges could be dealing with a universal set of requirements from state governments. Here in Portland, we have a particular issue in that we have the southwestern Washington, city, Washington State city of Vancouver right across the Columbia River, and there's a lot of exchange of patients and healthcare back and forth across the state line. So if you wanted to do a health information exchange to serve the Portland metropolitan area, you'd have to take into account two different state laws in order to make sure you're in compliance with both states on patients that go back and forth for their care or go between their home and, and where they get their care. And the same thing would be true on the our eastern side of Oregon where we interact with people that live in the western side of Idaho. It's even greater in other metropolitan areas that might serve four or five state regions. So I think by having model laws, the electronic health record vendors can build their product and the health information exchange vendors can offer services that they know will be acceptable across the country. As a former hospital CIO and chief medical information officer, what would you say your biggest concerns are about potential privacy and security risks of HIEs and what steps should HIEs take and the Oregon HIE in particular, to address those risks? I think that our patients and our providers want records to be secure, meaning that they're available when needed, and that people that are using the records are confident that the professional record has not been altered and that they can use it to make care decisions for that patient. I think that follows the standard security that information technology in general uses so that the servers are secure, the, the data is uncorrupted, and you can count on it being there when you need it. I think the more challenging area is the privacy area, and that's uh, worthy of uh, some discussion. I think from what I understand, I mean, I'm a patient myself, and I listen to what other patients say and what I've heard uh, across the country and, and in Oregon State, Patients want their providers to have all the information that's important when they're taking care of them. So I think all patients want to make sure that their providers have everything they need to know about you in front of them when they're trying to take care of you. I don't think there's much question about that. I think there is question on how we get there. Patients also, I believe, don't want their data used uh, in a way that could adversely affect them, and that could be making it harder for them to uh, be able to get health insurance, make it harder for them to get a job, uh, or even lose their job, uh, heaven forbid. I think that they want to make sure that only people that are taking care of them look at the record. They don't want people surfing through the data. They don't want uh, other family members looking at their data without permission. Uh, they don't want their next-door neighbors uh, that might work in the health system looking at their data. These are all things that I think most people can agree with and say, yeah, I don't want that either. So I think our challenge with privacy is how do we strike the balance between the appropriate use of healthcare information to take care of a person and making sure that people that don't need to know that information don't have access to it. And I don't know all the parts that will go into managing the challenge between having access to information when clinicians need it and the privacy that patients expect. I don't know exactly all the technical pieces that will go, go into that. There are groups all across the country, including in Oregon State, trying to figure that out. Uh, what I would propose for going forward is at least a, a two-step conceptual platform. Number one, 
What I think that we can do right now, and what I would ask every health, health record vendor in the country and every health information exchange in the country is right now to make sure that there is an audit log that can be exposed to the patient at any time so that he or she can see who has seen their record in the last period of time. I think that will go a long way to giving patients comfort and confidence that the record is being used appropriately. I don't think that that's very difficult to do uh, technically. Certainly uh, with the technologies we have now, I just think that we need, that would, might be one of the parts of the model uh, policies that we might put out uh, expecting health record vendors and health information exchange to keep those records. So that I could go in on any particular time and say, yeah, that orthopedist looked at my record and the cardiologist did, and yes, I appeared at this emergency department out of state, and, and be confident that that was all appropriate. In the same way that all of us are encouraged to go on to our credit reports each year, and now you can get three credit reports, one from each of the three agencies at no charge. You don't get your credit score, but you can see the information they have about you, and you can also see who asked for information about you. And if you have any concerns, then you can pursue that. And I think that's a reasonable model for health information, and I don't think that that would be challenged to implement technically. Part two that I think would be challenging would be what I know that has been offered out there or suggested is that patients have specific control of who gets to see their record in advance and not only which provider sees their record in advance but what parts of the record they get to see in advance. And I think this is going to be way more challenging, especially with a lot of the fee-for-service care that goes on in this country. I was a former emergency doctor and uh, an office-based doctor and you can't tell who's going to see your patient next. So certainly if you're uh, in the hospital, you're in the hospital, you don't, you're not certain which consultant will next see your patient. Clinicians need to have access to a patient's record on an urgent basis, and sometimes it's not clear in advance who that's going to be, and I would be reluctant to have really strong tools that didn't allow the people taking care of you to get access to your record right now. Again, that we need to balance that with uh, making sure that only people who are appropriately taking care of you have access to your record. We want to make sure that when providers have access to the record that they have access to the whole record and that significant parts have not been redacted. I think it would be very dangerous to have access to only part of the record and not the whole record, especially in the case of prescribing. You need to know all the other medications that a person's on and all their allergies. And I would argue you even need to know all their lab work and all their diagnostic imaging uh, studies so that you don't repeat them because all of those uh, hold some degree of risk to the patient. And if you're only reporting some of the data to the clinician in front of you, it's hard to say, doctor, you're responsible for all of my care even though I'm only showing you part of my information. At the same point, that doesn't mean that every provider of medical care needs to have access to the full text report of an office visit for psychotherapy or every transcript of every interaction for uh, substance abuse or uh, that sort of thing. I think there are reasonable limits to put on that, but mostly I'm talking about we need to make sure that providers have in front of them all the medications, all the allergies, all the pertinent lab reports and all the diagnostic reports and major transcribed text documents so that they know what's gone on in the past before they treat you about some current medical problem. Has the Oregon Health Information Exchange determined how they're going to gain patients' consent to exchange their records or is that, are they still working on that? 
we're still working on it. That's part of phase one, and those plans will be due uh, to the Office of the National Coordinator by December 2012. So we have a technology committee. We have a finance committee. We have a policy and legal committee. We have a consumer empowerment group, and then we have a health information organization executive group all getting together, working on parts of that, and then we get together as a group to make sure that we're doing the right thing. This will be very challenging, but I think it's what our patients expect, uh, and they, they'd like to see a model that balances access to the record with appropriate constraints on who sees their record. Finally, the HITECH Act envisions a day when HIEs will be linked nationally to provide access to patient information wherever it's needed. Do you believe we can achieve that goal, and what's the key to gaining public trust? Yes, I do believe we can achieve that goal, and the key to gaining that public trust is some of the things we've talked about before. Number one is that by having a model policy that's adopted by most of the states, that means that the information that's out there about how patients give consent to people looking at the records will be relatively uniform state to state. That breeds familiarity and makes patients more comfortable that they understand the system knowing that they don't have to keep track of multiple state laws that way. Number two is the sort of things we'll be doing in Oregon will be entirely consistent with national standards that are being built right now as we speak so that if there is a model legislation that is adopted and if the health record vendors build their products to do that, then you're going to see consistency across the states. It will be written about in, in the general media and patients will get comfortable that it's going in the right direction. I think we do have to manage this challenge between access to the complete record and limiting inappropriate access to the record. And I think with full disclosure, transparent systems, technology that works the same across all 50 states, I think it will encourage familiarity. The sort of uh, technology I'm speaking about there, Howard, would be, for example, that if I come to Oregon Health and Science University here in Portland, and I'm seen in the emergency department, and they ask me, have you been seen anywhere else in the city? And I say, oh, I've been seen at Providence or Legacy or Kaiser. They say, may we go and get your record? Here are the other places that have electronic health records. May we get your record from there? And then what I do there is I might authorize Oregon Health and Science University, and I'm just using this as an example, but I would authorize Oregon Health and Science University to go get my record from the other organizations on my behalf. And if it turns out that I was also in Washington, D.C. this summer and I was seeing an emergency department there, they could go get it from there as well. So by having model laws across the multiple states in the District of Columbia and having the vendors provide the software that asks for my permission, records that I gave the permission, and then is able to exchange that permission the knowledge of that permission among health record vendors across the country, then that's how the model law and uniform technology, or at least consistent technology, would promote patient care and patient confidence in their record. So that even if I showed up next year again in Washington, D.C., and they need to get my records from Oregon, that I would be expected to give that consent at the beginning of my stay or visit to the emergency department. And that doing it the same way, same way that you, you sign your 
credit card in the grocery store or in a home improvement store. There's a consistency there. You get, you get to see it on your uh, bill later on that night when you download your records into Quicken or some other um, money management system. Doing it in that same nationwide consistent way, I think, will promote confidence that the health records are being used appropriately. And especially if that audit's in there right away, I think that will allay much of the anxiety. I'm not saying that we shouldn't have other uh, laws in place, but simply putting that technology in the place, the ability to see who's looked at my record, even if it's in another state, and again, that's where you need that consistent technology, uh, would, would uh, promote a lot of confidence that my record's being used appropriately. Well, thanks very much. We've been talking today with Dr. Richard Gibson of the Oregon Health Network. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so much for listening.